Well, good morning, church. Nice holidays, eh? Nice and cold, like you've heard before. This morning, a lot of people are away, somewhat away because they are lying in bed recovering from uh, some colds and flus. Others are away enjoying holidays, some in some warm places. Others have gone to the snow, even colder than what it is over here. But praise God that we are here. And in these holiday services, these next two that are remaining today and next week, we're going to be spending some time looking at Old Testament heroes. Uh, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, there's a whole list over there of Biblical heroes, and this is a story for boys and girls and young people and older people. Uh, we're going to learn something from two of these heroes, one today and one next week. And today, we're going to be looking at good old Abraham, Father Abraham, okay? And it's maybe a familiar story to some people, but let's go back there again and, and, and get some things from the story of Abraham. It's a very unique story because in Abraham, we have the beginning of a story which evolved and developed over many years, resulting in the coming of Jesus. It's a very unique story, and it starts with God calling this couple, Abraham and his wife, to move out of their place where they stay, out of their hometown. And God said, come, Abraham, pack your bags and leave and go. But God didn't tell him where to go. He just said, go. How about that, eh? Imagine that. How would you feel if you get a phone call from God and God says, pack your bags and move. Get out of Pretoria. Where to, Lord? I will show you. But where must I go? Now. But where to? I will show you. And if my family asks me what I'm going to, just tell them that you're going to where I'm going to lead you. All right. Before we carry on with the story, just have a look at this little short video clip, and then you'll take on the story after that. Testament heroes. Abraham, God made three promises. Today's verse is Genesis 17:7. I will always keep the promise I have made to you and your descendants because I am your God and their God. God launched his rescue plan by tapping Abram on the shoulder. Abram heard a voice say, leave your father's house and go to the land I will show you. Abram figured this voice was God and thought he better listen to him. So he and his wife Sarah left Ur and wandered off following God's voice. And so God's plan began. That's how it starts. Two people wandering away from town. Yep, an act of faith. That's always how God's plans start. Someone hears God's voice, they believe, and they follow. And God uses them to do amazing things. God had found a man who had listened to him. So he made Abram three promises. First, he said, you will be the father of a great nation. Second, he said, through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Something very good would happen to the whole world because of Abram. Finally, God told Abram he would give his children their own land, the land of Canaan. They called it the promised land. To celebrate these big promises, God gave Abram a new name, Abraham, which means father of many. 
All right. So do you believe that God always keeps his promises? Half a dozen said yes. Let's try again. Do you believe that God always keeps his promises? Amen. So God always keeps. And Abraham believed the promises that God made him. And so God told him certain things and he obeyed. And of course today we're not going to look at the whole life of Abraham. Uh, I just want to highlight two things about his life today. You can read uh, the whole story of his life in the book of Genesis, chapter 11 onwards. And it's an exciting uh, story. But today I just want to look at at, at two two aspects of his life. Um, The first one is that faith equals action. Faith equals action. When Abraham heard God's voice, he didn't put it off until next year. He didn't say, thank you, Lord. You know, I'm quite busy now. I tell you what, God, when I retire, I'll have time and then I can do this. He heard God's voice. He acted upon it. When? Immediately. Faith equals action. Say it with me. Faith equals action. Abraham believed, and because he believed, he acted upon. And so Abraham's belief in God prompted him to action. Amen? When God told him to leave his country, he left his nation, even though he didn't know where he was going. When when God promised him that he would have many, many, many children, he simply believed. He didn't look at at his physical state or his wife that was kind of moving on in years. He just believed. He simply obeyed God. Now, obviously, some people must have thought that Abraham was crazy. He must have been cuckoo. What? Who does this guy think he is? He's going around saying, God speaks to me. God has made me promises. What? And you must understand that that wasn't the common thing those days. Abraham was standing out. His heart was after God. And so God began to reveal himself to him and speak to him. And he began to obey. And people must have thought that he was crazy. But you know what? Even though Abraham did not see the fulfillment of those promises immediately in his life, he still kept on believing God. Right? Look, God promised him you'll be the father of a great nation. You'd have many kids. And yet, him and Sarah only had one child. But he kept on believing that out of him would come a great nation. That the earth would be blessed because of him. He simply believed and he carried on obeying and doing what God prompted him to do. Amen? This kind of belief was credited to him, to Abraham, as righteousness. In in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, it says there that he believed in the Lord and God accounted it to him for righteousness. That total belief in God and submission to him, God saw him as righteous. Well, Jesus comes later and he says, if you love me, Keep my commandments. That in John 14, 15. You see, the lesson for us today is that faith in Jesus is more than just saying nice words on a Sunday morning kids' church or in a service like this. It's nice to sing and it's nice to, to hear the word of God and even say it. But guys, real faith happens when we leave those gates, right? It happens tomorrow when you have to make choices in our lives, and maybe sometimes in obedience to God, you will make choices that will look like crazy to those people around you. 
Why don't you talk like us? Why don't you do what we do? No, I'm obeying God. God told me not to do that. That's not cool. I'm not going to talk like that because it's not pleasing to my God. I'm not going to go to those places because, you know, my God doesn't want me to go there. Are you nuts? Everybody's doing it. Not everybody's doing it. I'm not doing it. (laughs) All right? And people think, is this guy crazy now? He thinks God talks to him now? He thinks he can hear the Lord? Well, that's what Abraham had to go through. But he remained faithful. And he did what God wanted him to do. And God looked at him and said, this boy is righteous. He's righteous. He's in right standing with God. And you know what? That's what I want. Because none of you guys and I myself, none of us have the power that God has. You don't determine my future. God determines my future. I want to be on his side. Amen. I want to please him. (laughs) And so when I please God, he looks at me and says, I like my boy. I like my girl. They're doing what I asked them to do. Jesus said, you love me. Then don't just say it, do it. Because faith equals action. Amen? Faith equals action. Hallelujah. But the story of Abram is part of a much, much bigger story, which is the second aspect in his life, which I want us to look at today. The greatest story of Abram is the story of the gospel, the gospel story, amen, gospel, gospel, say gospel with me, all right, and that story, it's going to come up right now, the story, the greatest story is this, the high point in Abraham's life is when he had to sacrifice his son, the son of the promise, after a long time, he got this child, Isaac, all right, and Isaac is growing, and as, as, as a little boy, God says, okay, Abram, now I want you to give me your son. Sacrifice him to me. What? Now, to us, by the way, to us, it seems strange. Why would God ask that to, to, of Abram, and why on earth would Abram do it? Listen, let's, let's go back now 4,000 years, okay? Back in those days when Abram lived, the people, all the nations around him, they all served these strange pagan gods. And all those gods demanded child sacrifices to pay for the sins of the adults. It was a common thing. Everybody did it back in those days. So now and then, someone would have to offer a sacrifice. And so when God asked Abraham, I want your child, you must understand, to him it wasn't completely strange, but Abraham still believed in the goodness of God. How do I know this? Look at the story. As they're going up the mountain, they're carrying fire and they're carrying wood. And all of a sudden, Isaac looks up to his dad and says, Dad, can I ask you something? He says, yes, son. We've got wood. We've got fire. Where's the sacrifice? (laughs) Wow. Well, Abraham answers him. Genesis 22, 8. He says simply, my son, God will provide. God will provide. Folks, this is the story of the gospel. When you can't save yourself, when you don't know where anything is going to come from, understand this, God will 
provide. Abraham goes up the mountain and he begins to prepare the, the, the altar and, and, and he puts the wood over there and he looks around and it's still no provision. So he takes his boy as God instructed him and he lays his boy on the altar and says, Dad, what are you doing? No, don't do this. Son, God will provide. Just believe in God. Son, just believe in God. And as he raises his knife, this voice says, Abraham, stop. And Abraham looks and there is a lamb. The boy comes out of the altar. The lamb goes in his place. Listen, guys, I think Isaac never forgot that day. Neither Abram, but, I mean, put yourself in Isaac's shoes. Hey? Now, he knew people did this. Nations around him did this all the time. And it's okay when other people do it, but when I become the sacrifice, whoa! And in the last moment, what happened? God provided. God will provide and God provided. Isaac never forgot that day. And listen, boys, girls, younger folk, older folk, let us remember this today. God will provide. God is a provider. And when we cannot save ourselves, God provides. Later on, Jesus came. Now, I, I just imagine, just, 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 just think about it, you know, this whole thing. Backtrack a little bit with me. Abraham's obedience demanded everything that he had ever hoped for. I mean, his whole future is invested in this child of his, and now God comes, and he asks him for this child. And now, I, I don't know, but I think God must have a little argument. Abraham must have had a little argument with God there, don't you think? God says, Abraham, yes, God, I want your son. Sacrifice your son. Abraham says, God, I'll do anything. Isn't there something else I can do? Anything else, but not this, please, not this. But God says, I want your son. Okay, Lord, if that is your will. And Abraham had to sacrifice everything that he had of precious. Fast forward a few thousand years. And Jesus is in the garden. And he's praying. And he's saying, Father, can't I do something else? Anything else, Father? Isn't there another plan? Can't this cup be passed away from me? Yet, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And Jesus became the sacrifice that was needed for all our sins for everybody for everybody wow so through abraham's obedience all those years back god provides a glimpse a little a little image of what would happen of the gospel abraham was asked to sacrifice his child and God gave his son. God provided for Abraham because God is not interested. And he showed that day to Abraham. He's not interested in human sacrifices, children or otherwise. And back in those days, these nations, they, they required sacrifice for the remission of their sins. And what about today? Today, many religions of this world still require sacrifice. Some of them require human sacrifice. Others require physical sacrifice. You've got to pay penance, you've got to hurt yourself, walk on your knees, uh, whoop yourself, do all sorts of crazy stuff. 
Some have rituals. You have to obey those rituals. You have to dress in a certain way. You have to go through all these different rituals. If you don't do that, God is never going to answer your prayers. The religions of this world still say, you want to be saved? Do something. Do, 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 do something. The gospel of Jesus says, it's done. It's done. Jesus died on the cross. And just before that, he said, it is finished. It's paid in full. All we have to do is receive it. Is receive it. And enjoy the benefits of salvation. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot climb off that altar. We cannot pay the price for our sins, for our wrongdoings. And yet God is a holy God. He requires that wrongdoings be accounted for. And yet in his loving kindness and mercy, he pays the price for our wrongdoings, our sins. Because he wants us to be with him forever. And so Jesus pays the price. It shows the love of God, the beauty of God, the generosity of God, the giving and forgiving nature of God. And that's my last point for today. The story of Abraham reveals something of the character of God. It shows that God is a loving, giving, and forgiving God. Did God really demand a child's sacrifice as the gods of the other nations did? Of course not. But God himself provided all that is necessary so that we could be saved, so that we could have relationship with the creator of the universe, not only in this life, but for all eternity. In the story of Abraham, we have the beginning of this grand, grand story. It's more than just a story. Abraham's story shows us the gospel. And it shows that our God is a loving, giving, and forgiving God. Let's learn from the story of Abraham today. When we obey God, we may not see the results of our obedience. Not immediately. But the fruit of our actions may be enjoyed by many others who come after us. Think about it. Abraham did become the father of many. From him came the nation of Israel. And from Israel came Jesus. And from Jesus, all of us who believe are part of Abraham's family. In fact, in Galatians 3, 7, it says that those who are faith are descendants of Abraham. Abraham has many sons, many daughters, coming from many different nationalities. As we sit in this hall, we represent many different nations. And all of us are descendants of Abraham because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Now, Abraham never saw this. When he died, he still had only one boyki. <laughs> all right? And yet... Because of his faithfulness, here we are. Because of his faithfulness, generations after him reaped the fruit. Listen, folks, when we obey God, we never know how many people are going to be blessed because of our obedience. 
Sometimes we get to see in our own lifetime, we get to reap some fruit of our obedience. But you don't reap all the fruit of our obedience. Your descendants are going to be reaping the fruit of your obedience too. Other people, we, have, we, we leave something behind. Abraham left something behind which is ongoing till today. Today, we are still enjoying the fruit of his obedience. So let's learn that for ourselves today as well. You don't know the full results of your obedience. One day in eternity you'll know. So let's be obedient. No matter what it costs, let's be obedient to God. Not only because of the fruit that we will enjoy, but also because of the fruit that so many others who come after us even will enjoy. Now the lesson is this, that faith is not just learning God's word and God's will, but faith is putting those words in action every day of our lives. Amen? Not always easy, but definitely possible. Another lesson in the story of Abraham is that we see a shadow or an image of the gospel story. You see there the seeds of the gospel story. And finally, from Abraham's story, we learn that God is a loving, giving, and forgiving God. He loves us. He gave us salvation, and he gives us what we need for our lives of a year. And he forgives our sins through what Jesus did for us. So folks, today, from this lesson, and as we come to the end of the service, let us be thankful today for what God has done for us. It's still today, so many people are caught up in, in the bondage of sin, and they're trying to get out of it by trying to do something, to, 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 to sacrifice to their gods or, or follow rituals or, or, or follow customs and habits and so forth. We are free, people. And anybody can be free if they'll just accept the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the price. He's the only one who could pay the price for all of our sins. None of us could ever pay the price of ours or anybody else's sin. Let us be thankful today for what God has done for us. Let us also believe in his promises to us. We also have promises from God. You've got perhaps individual promises which God has made to you, but the Bible is filled with promises to us as well, including the fact that Jesus is returning. He's coming back, and we're going to spend eternity with him. Do you believe that? Do you believe that he's got a home for you in heaven? Man, I do. I believe that. My life is not only about the few years I spend on this planet. My life is an eternity with him, and I believe that. I know where I'm going. How do you know? Because I believe. Amen. Do you believe? Hallelujah. Let us believe. And finally, let us obey him every day in what he tells us to do. This is where the rubber meets the tar, you know. It's not always easy. When you've got your friends in school kind of teasing you and everybody wants to do this and you know that's not right. When your colleagues at work want to go, they want to go to that party and get drunk and you know that is not what God wants out of you and you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. And it's so much easier to blend in with everybody else and, and do like everybody else does. But that's not the will of God for us. 
Let us learn to be obedient, even if in the sight of the world we look a little bit crazy. The Bible does say that we are a peculiar people. You know, it's a nice way of saying we are a crazy people, you know, because we follow God, we believe in the God of the universe, but the benefits are out of this world, amen? (laughs) Let's stand up, let's close in prayer, and let's determine this day, guys, to be grateful for what God has done, to believe in his promises, to obey our God. Hallelujah. Father God, thank you for your word, your brief word this morning. Thank you for the example that we see in the life of Abraham, a man, a normal guy who also made mistakes, was afraid sometimes, and and yet, Lord, his heart was towards you, and he kept on returning to you and obeying you. Help us to learn from him as well, Lord God. So much more today that Jesus has died for us. We've got access to you. We've got the Holy Spirit. It's so much easier today to follow you, Lord, because of the power you've given us. Help each one of us today to be grateful for for what you've done for us. Help each one of us today, Lord God, to believe in all your promises. And help each one of us, Lord, to every day, be it in school, at work, at home, with our friends, when you're playing, but on holiday, help us to obey your word and to do your will. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. And now, may the love of God the Father, May the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit remain upon each one of us until the day we see Jesus face to face. Amen and amen. Have a great week, a great Sunday. Next week we're having another Bible hero. Enjoy it and God bless. Amen.